Welcome again to the Double Take Podcast. I am Mark, and today Terrence and I dive headfirst into one of my absolute favorite movies of all time. I'm, of course, talking about The Rock, starring Nicolas Cage and the late, great Sean Connery. When this movie's on, I never turn it off. Uh, this is really the epitome of what this podcast is all about. It's a pure popcorn movie with action, comedy, suspense. It's awesome. So I know you've seen it probably even more times than I have. So sit back and enjoy the ride as we break back in Alcatraz. There's a hostage situation on Alcatraz. Hostage? 81 tourists. The Rock has become a tourist attraction. The Rock is the most famous and was the most feared prison ever built. Tour is over, Bob. You're being detained against your will. For that, I apologize. It's not our intention in any way to harm you. You will not be detained one minute longer than is necessary for us to complete our mission. Call the San Francisco office. It seems Alcatraz was just real. We penetrate the island through the tunnels under the prison buildings undetected and emerge in its center. Alcatraz has been ripped up and rebuilt for years. There is someone who I think can help us. We can't risk letting him out. 81 civilians are under my control as of this moment. A battery of VX gas rockets is presently deployed to deliver a highly lethal strike on the population of the San Francisco Bay Area. Who is your best chemical biological man? Dr. Goodspeed. James Womack. What do you know about VX gas? Very, very horrible, sir. His name is John Mason, a British national incarcerated on Alcatraz in 1962, escaped in 63. This man has no identity, not in the United States or Great Britain. He does not exist. What do you see? We cut the chit chat a-hole. Welcome to the rock. Show us on the blueprints. I can't. My blueprint was in my head. Then you're trained in weapons, explosions, mortal combat. Well trained. Come on, Dr. Moore. Go, 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 go. Get out of here. You know the rock. You broke out. You're shooting too close to the rocket. Him, but not the rocket. You're under oath as United States Marines. Have you forgotten that? Don't tempt me. Do not move that. Fire. You sure you're ready for this? I'll do my best. Your best? Yeah. Stand down, Captain! Well, welcome to the Double Take Podcast once again. I'm here always with Mr. Terrence. Terrence, what's up, dude? How's it going, Mark? Great to be back, as always. It's going good, man. It's going good today. And uh, today, we are doing an awesome movie, one of your favorites and my favorites. Uh, we're talking about The Rock. Yes, sir. And I don't mean Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. No. I mean The Rock. Nicolas Cage, Sean Connery, 1996, fantastic film. All right, so where to start with this? It's from 96. So yeah. if you're listening, you've seen the movie, give us a give us a rundown. Tell us what we're looking at. Yeah, so The Rock is a Michael Bay movie, like you mentioned. It's Sean Connery, Nicolas Cage. Uh, it's one of the best, like, just sum this movie up in a sentence or two kind of movies there ever was. Ed Harris, he uh, takes some hostages on Alcatraz. Uh, he's kind of fed up with the way the military's been treated. He's lost a lot of men in battle and... Uh, he doesn't think the U.S. government's done right by those men and their families. 
Um, so he uh, commandeers this militia group, this mercenary group, and is threatening to shoot some rockets into San Francisco filled with this VX nerve gas, which is uh, just some really deadly stuff. And so uh, Nicolas Cage's character, Stanley Goodspeed, he's a biochemist, uh, an expert in these kinds of things. He and uh, Sean Connery's character, John Mason, who is uh, the only man to ever escape Alcatraz, and he's been in prison for 30 years, have to go in along with a team. They eventually lose, but they have to go in and try to put a stop to this. Um, and it's just one of the great action movies of the 90s. This was a prime time for yeah. those kinds of movies, and this is maybe the peak of it, or, or close to it at least. This fits right in there with everything. That This is probably the like my favorite movie genre. You know, because yeah. this is the it's action. It's it's got the comedy. It's got that buddy cop feel yeah, to everything. it. A little there's bit. one liners. There's just nonstop set pieces. Yeah. You got Hans Zimmer doing the score. Michael yeah. Bay directing. It's just like everything you want from this kind of movie. This is the only thing this is missing is like Stallone or Schwarzenegger. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, they pull it off because Connery and Cage are fantastic in this. So absolutely as fantastic as you can be. In an action popcorn movie. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so this movie for me, probably one of my favorite Nicolas Cage movies, you know, because this was Nicolas Cage becoming that star. Right. Yeah. I think this was one of his first, like, like he's led movies before, but this was different. This was his first, I think, kind of stuck it to Hollywood kind of thing to say, look, I, I can do this. Yeah. This, is, this is my this is my show. You know, I can be funny. I can pull off a little action. I can carry an audience. Yeah. I think this was his first real action star performance. Yeah. I mean, there's there's plenty of supporting cast in this, right? But And we'll get into that a little bit because I love a good movie with a supporting cast. That's what makes it a better movie. But he's the central point in this. You know, he's he's fantastic in this. So as far as Nicolas Cage goes, this was, when I think of Nicolas Cage movies, this one and probably National Treasure is another one of my favorites oh, yeah. of him. But these are the movies where when I think of Nicolas Cage, this is the Cage that I want. Yeah. Like, give me this guy. Well, he's, he's so distinct the way he performs. Like, you could put plenty of action stars in this movie and it would work. But Cage's whole way of delivering his lines and just, like, the, the emphasis on certain words and the crazy he's, things. He's quirky. He says, yeah, yeah. He's, he's extremely quirky, extremely eccentric. And it just plays so well, especially off of Connery, who's this classic actor. He was James Bond. Now he's he's a bit older. He's a bit more advanced in age. And it's just such a an unlikely pairing, but it just turns out to work so beautifully. Yep. You ever see, um, it's an earlier movie with him. Uh, I think it's Honeymoon in Vegas with James Caan is in it. and uh, With Connery or? Uh, no, Nicholas Cage. Cage. It w- was Leaving Las Vegas, right? Was the uh, no, that's one of them. There's an earlier one. It's a comedy with James Caan and uh, what's that girl from Sex and the City married to Matthew Broderick? Uh, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. That's the one. Uh, I haven't so, seen that one. So I was going to say Leaving Las Vegas is not a comedy. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> this uh, I, I could be getting the name of it wrong, but there's a scene in there which is like we're talking about Quirky Cage, right? There's a scene in there where so the the premise is James Caan has uh, his wife died, and he sees so they're in there for their honeymoon. They're in Vegas on a honeymoon. Mm-hmm. Cage and Sarah Jessica Parker, and James Caan sees her and says, "Oh, that looks like my ex-wife. I'm going to get her because he's this millionaire or whatever." So he baits Nicolas Cage into a poker game. And they end up playing for his wife or whatever. What in the world? And, uh, yeah, and of How course, do I not know about this? <laughs> right, so the, game, <laughs> the game's kind of fixed, right? So he goes all in, and he's got this thing. So he has to go back to his wife after, or his fiance. they're not married yet, and say, hey, I lost you for the weekend to this guy. <laughs> oh, and she's like, what do you mean? What hand did you have? And he's like, I had a straight flush. It's like unbeatable, you know? Yeah. And, and so she goes, 
you know, like unbeatable is not unbeatable. And in the Nicolas Cage way, he's like, I know that now. Like, oh, like, yeah. like he just he just has his whole like it's fantastic. Yeah, right? I'm just gonna so, warn you now, I'm probably gonna have to spout out some cage lines from the Of course, movie over well, the course I, of I expect nothing less. <laughs> but there's just so many times in there. That's the Nicolas Cage. I, I loved him in that movie as well. It's a very underrated movie, I think. Probably not even that good of a movie, but I love like Nicolas Cage in it is good. It sounds like it might not age too well that he's maybe he put his it's, wife it's, up it's, in the poker <laughs> the gender politics of it. But uh, but that's the kind of character that you get in this one here, but not as like still like it's like that stressed Nicolas Cage, but entertaining, yeah. right? Like you're happy it's not happening to you, but you you love to watch it. Yeah, and so. it's like it's an unlikely action star because it's not like the Stallone, Schwarzenegger. Willis, like that, just these yeah. guys that you you feel like can. Well, I guess Willis was kind of the first of like, okay, he's not this invincible muscle man like Stallone or Schwarzenegger, yeah. but but Cage is like like he's a dork in this movie. He's a, he's a nerd. He's yeah. He's well read. He he loves science and stuff like that. And like you can feel it in the scenes where he actually has to engage in fighting or shooting or whatever. Like he looks clumsy. Like he's he's trying to figure it out. And like it, it's believable in that sense. The financials for this movie, right? So the budget was seventy five million, which you know for a Michael Bay movie at the time was probably a good number. But it actually did pretty well at the box office. It was uh you know almost three hundred and fifty million. This this movie made. Wish I could see this on the big screen again. <laughs> you know this would be one of those movies that they ever bring it back would be something cool oh, to yeah. watch. You know, have like a Michael Bay month or something. I don't know, but it was uh, it was actually the fourth overall movie in '96. Okay, so it was it was pretty good. It was pretty good. The uh, the top movies in '96, the three in front of it, well deserved in front of it, I guess. So number one was Independence Day. Yes, in '96. So that was a huge winner. That's my first movie theater going experience that like I remember. Me and my brother okay. camped out. Maybe one day we'll do that on here. But we camped out. We were looking forward to it. They had all the whole commercial. Uh, blitz they did as far as like promoting the movie and yeah independence day was made this was the best time for those kinds of moves if you love explosions and action and fight scenes and car chases like this was the time to be alive this was a good era for movies like most of the 90s in my opinion you know big popcorn blockbuster movies yeah and you had a good string of actors too that were just good actors you know that stood out as good actors like there's some good actors now but they don't stand out as good actors because they're I don't know if it's the right. I don't know. We'll get into that later. But, <laughs> um, so some other movies. Uh, Twister was another oh, one. Yeah. So movie. when you're talking about with Independence Day and Twister, you started getting into the um, like the destruction type movies. Like, mm-hmm. hey, we're gonna blow some shit up. Disaster and movies. Disaster big, movies. Yeah. There you go. And the other one, Mission Impossible. I think it was the first Mission first Impossible. One. Oh yeah. Yeah, with Tom Cruise. So spy action. Same thing. I mean, it, these are all those. Movies. I could watch either. Any, any four of these movies I could watch over and over again, yeah. right? And interesting, all these have, like, kind of a cerebral aspect to it. Like, you got Cage's character in this, like, the scientific thing. Twister, they're, like, all, like, storm chasers. Yep. Um, Independence Day, you got Jeff Goldblum's character, like, who eventually <sighs> takes down the aliens by getting them with a virus. Like, brute force is not working. So, yep. yeah, pretty interesting that that's kind of the direction Hollywood took. So, some other movies that year. Ransom. You seen Ransom? Oh, God. With Mel, Mel Gibson. Gibson and Gary Sinise. Great yeah. movie. Uh, a Time to Kill. Yeah. I mean, that's a Matthew McConaughey's probably best role, in my opinion. That's, that's his that's first my favorite John Grisham role. book. And, there you go. And movie, probably, if I had to think about it. Yep. Uh, Jerry Maguire came out that year, so that wow, was a geez. big movie. Primal Fear, fantastic yeah. movie. Uh, Toy Story, I mean, for what that is, still yeah. a great, great Pixar movie, right? Pixar's, I think that was Pixar's first movie or one of their first movies. I think it was, yeah. First um, one. Uh, Happy Gilmore, of course, came out oh, that man. year. 
Heat. Heat's one of my favorite yes. movies too. I, I we'll have to do that at some point. Uh, and just a little throwback to John Favreau. Swingers came out that year yes. as well. Oh so. man, this, you just rattled off like a dozen of the best movies. Right, ever. like that's <laughs> we, we just did our next couple of months of shows right there. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, that's it. So a lot of good movies in '96. Uh, this is the, like I said, this is the era that I just loved watching movies. This was the VHS to CD. Uh, to DVD error mm-hmm. in the middle of that, right? So I had some of these on VHS. I started to collect them on on DVD. I think yep. DVDs came out late 90s, I think, was yeah. really when it started taking off a little bit. Blu-ray wasn't even a thing no. at this stage, right? Great time for movies, and this movie sat, in my opinion, on top of that, or fourth, yeah. <laughs> to be exact. It's right? up there for sure. Yeah. So the Rotten Tomatoes on this, I think, was 68%, and I don't remember which if that was fans or whatever. but That's the 32% no fun crowd there. Pretty much, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. They're looking for the, the romantic stuff, you know. Um, so you mentioned uh, Michael Bay for this movie, right? So Michael Bay, known for, now he's known for big explosions, big sets, big production. I mean, this guy, Hollywood gives him the money he wants because they know his movie's going to make him a billion dollars. Yeah. You know what I mean? A couple of the movies he's he did. He did both Bad Boys, you know, so that was yeah. again ninety five and then the second one was oh three, I think. So right in the same kind of era. Um he did Armageddon. Did you know yes. he directed Armageddon? Oh yeah. Of we course, better well, be doing that, that yeah. at some point. <laughs> Love Armageddon. So another fantastic movie. Pearl Harbor had mixed reviews, but I, I enjoyed it. A little long, I'd say. But yeah. Good story, just the same. I mean, a little much of a love story in there, which yeah. they could have done without. But yeah, and then he made, uh, I don't want to say his claim to fame because he's been famous, but he did, uh, f- he directed five Transformer movies, yes. uh, which are all, like the first two, in my opinion, are the best ones. I love Shia LaBeouf in those. Uh, I think he produced the most recent one. But I, The first one is amazing because I, I, I was into Transformers. I was born in 1983, so yeah. I was into Transformers as a kid. And I remember when the first one came out, it was awesome. And it, it was everything you want from a Michael Bay movie, like all the spectacle, the explosions, the set pieces. And then I remember I fell asleep watching the second one, and I've not watched any of the really? subsequent Interesting. ones. So Interesting. I may have to give him another shot, but I feel well, like it I'd went like to do. I'd like to put the first Transformers on our list. First because, one's incredible. Because that's really, that to me, I don't want to say it was groundbreaking, but it was it was good enough where um, it was entertaining. If that's on TV, I'm not turning it off. You know, oh, yeah. cause there's enough action in there. I thought uh, Shia LaBeouf was a great, he was a great fit for that movie. I yeah. Think. You know, because you, you end up rooting for him, you know. Mm-hmm. And then don't get me started on Megan Fox. You know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I fell in love just a couple times in my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. And she's one of them in this movie. Yeah. Right? That, I don't so, know if that was her first movie, but yeah, that was that was a big debut yeah. or, or close to it for her. Sure. Uh, did you know that Michael Bay directed uh, Vanilla Ice music video? I did not know that. Yeah. What well, a pairing. There you go. So he did that. That was one of his first, whenever Vanilla Ice came out, that was early 90s, I think, right? Yeah. So, but yeah, he, he did a Vanilla Ice video and he used to I know to do two like, Vanilla Ice songs. I know Ice Ice Baby, like everybody does, and yep. the Ninja Turtles rap from yeah, Ninja Turtles 2, <laughs> Secret of the Years. Yep. That's all I got. That's what you get when you get him. Like you, He's very reliable. It's like if you're yeah. into action, you're into that kind of stuff. He, like Even his recent movies, he did, um, if you saw Ambulance with Jake Gyllenhaal, yeah. that was a couple of years ago. That movie was great. I feel like it kind of was ignored a little bit, but same kind of thing, just over-the-top action. Yeah. Um, he did that Six Underground movie for Netflix with uh, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds, yeah, yeah. That movie rocked. Like It, it was never in theaters. I wish I could have seen it on the big screen. I did for Ambulance, but like just... Great over the top action. Like. I think what we need is we need a connection at a movie theater where we can just 
log into Netflix on a big screen yeah. <laughs> and put some of those straight-to-Netflix movies in the theater. I'm surprised Netflix doesn't do any kind of licensing. I know some of them they release for just a couple days, I think, to help kind of get Academy Award nominations and stuff. But, yeah, they should come up with well, some kind of thing. It's got to be an thing. HDMI cable we can plug into one of those screens, yeah. right? Just bring your Xbox, plug it in, yep. you know, and just launch it up. Let's get into Nicolas Cage for a minute. We started talking about him a little bit. Like, for me personally, I love Nicolas Cage. I know that he... Gets, I think he at this point he's he's cash grabbing any movie he can get to for whatever financial problems he has. He's still great nowadays. though. Like everybody brings that up. It's like even his recent movies, they're like, oh, like he does a lot of straight to DVD stuff. And yeah. you go to Redbox, you're like, I've never heard of this, but it's got Nicolas Cage on the cover. Yeah. And like some of them aren't so great, but like he doesn't cash it in on the performance. Like he's never just sleepwalking through a wall. He's given like that full yeah. Nicolas Cage energy always. And a lot of times too, it's it could be the writing too. When you have a lower budget film, you're not going to get the the co-stars in there. You're not going to get yeah. the, the cast of characters that that make that bring the movie up a little bit. You know, because because when you're when you're acting against another actor who's good or another great actor like Sean Connery, for example, you're you're feeding off each other. You're making better scenes because you have two good actors. But when he's doing a a cheaper movie or whatever with someone who's not you know not as higher quality actor or you know whatever the case is, now you're carrying it and you're like this person's not keeping up with me, but Whatever, I don't want to film it a twelfth time. Let's just let's just run it, and then you get kind of a shitty output, if you yeah. will. You know what I mean? So he he started. Um, did you know he was in Fast Times at Ridgemont High? Yep. Yeah, brief little role there. He didn't know speaking part. He was just I think he was a cook in the in the kitchen, right? So a lot of people will know him from Raising Arizona, Honeymoon Incredible in Vegas. Movie. That's the movie I was just talking about. That yep. was from '92. Uh, one of my favorites. He was in a movie with Samuel Jackson, Amos and Andrew. Okay, know, heard an, of it, but haven't seen it. Another. Um, you know, early performance. Like these are all movies like before before this movie, right? So this yeah. is all before he became Moonstruck uh, a was a big one, right? Moonstruck he was in. Um sure. you ever see uh Kiss of Death? It had the dude that was in CS not CSI, NYPD Blue. David Caruso was like oh, okay. he played some gangster thing in there. Uh Leaving Las Vegas, you mentioned. More of a serious role there, I guess, but but yeah, so then he does the rock, right? So now he's like, Hey, look, I can lead, I can be action. Rolls right into Con Air, rolls in the face off. Right. Yeah. I mean, these are a couple of good movies with, with other good actors as yeah, well. Yeah, he like, was just rolling off these kinds of movies. Yeah, he was doing really well. So if we started and let's just say 96, we start with The Rock. He goes in and does Con Air, Face Off, Snake Eyes, which was a good movie. Yeah. In 2000, he does Gone in 60 Seconds, which yeah. is another one of my favorites. Not as big of a movie, but I enjoyed it. It was uh, Family Man, which was in 2000. Family Man's great. I thought yeah. that was a good movie. And then in 04 and 07, he does a couple of National Treasure movies, which, as I mentioned, also my favorites. You've seen Kick-Ass, where he's the... Uh, oh, yeah. The, so that was a good role for him, too. Just a different role. You know what I mean? He's not even the star, which I think that was a good acceptance for him to say, hey, I don't need the star. Just put me in it. Yeah. And influential role, but not the main character. And at that time, it was it was like, yeah, he, he wasn't the headlining guy. But it was like, oh, there's this new movie out, and Nick Cage has... And it's like, oh, hell yeah, Nicolas Cage yeah. is in it. And yeah. like... He adds a lot to it. I liked him in um, The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Have you seen that? Yeah, way back in the day. Yeah. yeah, so that was 2010. Both those movies were 2010. And then I looked beyond that. Since 2010, most of his stuff's been the cash grab. It, like, but recently he's got a little bit of a comeback. He was in that movie Pig a year or two ago where he was yes. the star and he was really good. It was a much more quiet, subdued performance. Yep. Um, he had uh, that movie that was like, Kind of meta, like based around him around him himself, yeah, Pedro Pascal. Yeah, the unbearable weight of massive talent. That was a great movie. That was hilarious. And then he, I didn't get to see it yet, but he's in this A twenty four movie, Dream Scenario, 
And I know it's gotten really good reviews where he's like popping up in everybody's dreams, even if they don't know him and nobody knows why. But I hope so. I, I hope he makes a comeback with some some good movies. I don't know what the situation is behind the scenes, but love Nicolas Cage. I'm a fan of what he's in. Even like I said, even the straight to VHS tapes, you know, that's it is what it is. Yeah. You know, but my memory of him. You're never going to be uh, bored watching him. <laughs> no, no. And you said my, my memories of him or everything we're talking about here. He's just awesome. But that leads us into Sean Connery. Yes. Right. Were you a Bond guy? Were you a James Bond guy? Yeah, not like a super mega James Bond guy. I'm pretty sure I've seen all the movies. It's been a while since I've watched the older ones. So I, I can't recall a lot of specifics, especially from like the Connery movies. But like the recent ones, I love all the Daniel Craig ones. Pierce Brosnan ones too. Like that was kind of when I was really like getting into movies. Was so you've like never Goldeneye. you've never seen every Bond movie? Like that's not. I, that's I'm not pretty sure thing. I have, but like I had like the DVD sets. It was like this huge set of like four, four sets. Well, because only like and watching it, two movies. different things, right? <laughs> no, no, but but I have seen them. But yeah, don't ask if you ask me any trivia questions about the early ones. It's probably not going to gotcha, happen. Gotcha. But yeah, I'm, I'm pretty positive I've seen all the Connery. Bonds. So I, I don't think I've seen any of the Connery Bond movies. Oh, wow, okay. Um, so I know he was in about seven of them, I think. Uh, I think a lot of his shows were in the 60s, 70s, probably more in the 70s, like starring roles. Mm-hmm. You know, I I got introduced to Connery probably more in the 80s, you know, when he was already the Connery that we know from, like, from this movie. Like, yeah. older man with the beard. Yeah, so that's kind of how I always him, picture him, too. Yeah, when I see pictures of him as Bond, I'm like, you know, that, well, it seems like a different person. It's a different person, totally, right? My first role with him, my first introduction to Connery, and still one of my favorite movies, was definitely Indiana Jones and Last Crusade. Yeah. You know? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, him him in that movie is fantastic. You know, I loved him in this one. This was, again, one of my favorite roles in this one here. Like, these are the ones that I remember him in. I enjoyed him in Finding Forrester. Oh, yeah. Know. That's a that's great movie. Great movie. I'm an English major, so I love that movie. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> He had a couple of smaller roles, like he was in, uh, you know, appearance in Robin Hood. He was the the mentor in Highlander, right? Okay, remember that? Yeah. He was the, the he. I wish that he would have done more, more of those like kind of cameo appearances. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I think I don't know if he was just older. I don't know if he had medical problems. I'm not sure what the situation was. Yeah, I don't know. But he's decline. another guy. You're always happy whenever he shows up in something. Yeah, exactly. I would have liked to see him more in that kind of Robert Duvall role. You know, yeah. it's like, hey, I'm older. I can still act. I don't need to be on set for the entire movie. Yeah, I'll be like the the father figure or yeah. the mentor or whatever. Yeah, yep, exactly right. Maybe I think Dustin Hoffman does some of that now. Mm-hmm. Like, like he he'll just like great actor. Let me just pop in, do a couple scenes. Yeah, you know, peace out. Let me rest in peace, John Connery. You know, but um, yeah, it would have been nice to see more of that. I think from him. So I don't know if he had health issues or whatever. But great actor, loved him and everything I've seen him in. You know what I mean? Yeah. So in this movie particularly, perfect. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just perfect. Yeah, this is a know? great era for him. I don't know what year. What year was The Untouchables? Do you know? He was in that, and he was great in that. That was. I didn't even write it down because like, I thought that was okay. I think probably um, not long after this, he did, uh, I think Entrapment it was called, the Catherine Zeta-Jones one. That was mm. a pretty fun movie. Yep, yep. But yeah, that, that's kind of what I got in my head of him, too, of like the silver-haired, like extremely smart, like ahead of the curve yeah. kind of guy. Yeah. He tried doing... Um, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh yeah, that was supposed to be Avengers type. Yeah, Avengers, X Men, and, and it never took off. No, nah, it was a little weird. I think there were some roles that he turned down because he didn't either get the script 
and they turned into blockbusters and he did this one. So I think there was some bad decisions made towards the end of his career, which may have derailed. I think Gandalf, right? Didn't he get offered Gandalf for I, Lord of I the Rings? I think you're right. I, I think, think that, I read that. Yeah, I think that was one of the bigger ones yeah. and he didn't get it. That's one of the big Hollywood what ifs. Like Ian McKellen's incredible. You can't picture anybody else, but like start thinking, wow, Sean Connery in that role, that would be. But yeah, I think he was not into the whole fantasy. And I think that I think that you're right. Yeah, and it's unfortunate because I think you make a few of those decisions, and you know, if you, unless you're researching it, like you don't know, and you're like, oh, cool, like good cast with Ian, Ian McKellen or whatever. But when you flip flop that and you say, well, what if that was Sean Connery playing Gandalf? Yeah. Like that's a different movie because definitely he's bringing a different flair to that. You know. Anyway, we love Connery. He's great in this movie. The next star of this movie from Ed Harris. I mean. Unbelievable in this movie. Always great. Perfect perfect casting for him. His his best role, in my opinion. And I like him in other movies. Like, he's been in a lot of movies. He's got over 100 credits. And yeah. if you're not sure what he's been in most recently, he's more of a, I don't want to say a villain, but if you ever watch Westworld, was on HBO for yeah, a while. Yeah, always did the man in black. He, he was, was the man in black. Yeah. He was the, uh, we'll call him the villain in the Top Gun movie. Like, he was the admiral or whatever, right? Yeah. Uh, small Trying role. to hold Tom Cruise down. Yeah. I mean, same National Treasure 2, like he was with Cage in that as well. Um, so he's been in movies. Like he was in, um, you see, The Firm with Tom Cruise from, mm-hmm. that's a early 90s. Yeah, uh, it sounds right. Maybe 92 you know, or so. He's had some good roles. Like he's, like I said, he's been in over 100 movies. And like when he shows up, he delivers. He's just a great character actor. He does good. Yeah. But great yeah. intensity, usually. Like yeah. this, this like kind of hard edge military guy that's been wronged like that was a perfect role for him i think so too but a lot of other fillers as you say for this like good actors you got john spencer he's the dude that plays womack in this yeah yeah um, from the west wing and west wing like he's forget the, paris it's kind of a forgotten movie but he's good in that yeah like, like he's 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 the, the, that guy you know yeah. what i mean that's the thing david morse is another one like he's in a lot of movies especially more in this time era he's also been on tv shows mm-hmm. i liked him in the negotiator with yeah. uh with samuel, samuel jackson. jackson yep so they brought the leading girl in this, uh, Vanessa Marcel. She at the time was doing soap opera, right? And I okay. say this because I don't know if it was my wife or my mom, I think probably both. Um, you should probably get that straight in your head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, she was on General Hospital for like twenty years. Wow. Day, right? Okay. Like she was she was a big character in there, and I remember seeing her because if someone had it on, you know, I'd probably say it was maybe my mom at the time, but because that show was from. It was early 90s, so I was still in high school when that was happening. I just remember being on. I remember seeing her. So when I see her in this movie. I don't think I I remember her being in anything else. But, I mean, when this movie came out, I was like 13, 14 when I saw it. And (laughs) we liked her. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, for sure. It was like, wow, who's that? Yeah. (laughs) You ever see the show Las Vegas? That was with James Caan. Oh, yeah. uh, I haven't watched it, but, yeah, I know of it. Yeah, good show. Good show. She was in that, too. She was a star in that show. Equally as good in that. Like she's she's a good actress. So I think in this movie, I don't know I don't know other movies. Like nothing's jumped out at me as like her being a top tier actress. But I thought in this movie, I thought she was a great cast. I mean, yeah. there's a small role, hundred miles an hour. Like she's she's bringing it in those scenes, and yeah. it, like it was believable for me. And I was like, cool. Yeah, I did. You, that. you pretty much got two types of scenes she's in. She's either like at home with Nicolas Cage and like kind of having sort of serious discussions about it, yep. having a baby or getting married or whatever. And, and then like the latter half of the movie, she's, she's there with like the kind of FBI outposts, like just yeah. worrying about him getting out alive. Making a scene, yeah. crying, whatever, <laughs> you know, and like, that's what you want. That's what you need. It's that, it's the, the Liv Tyler role in Armageddon. Yeah. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like Same that's thing. it. 
you know, you got to give them reason to stay alive. And that's, but that was the main cast that I saw. I mean, there's a couple other fillers in there that you'd recognize from TV shows. I think John C. McGinley was in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony Todd. Tony He's Todd. Candyman. He's been in a lot of things. Okay. Okay. I recognize him. William Forsyth has been in a lot of things. So yeah, a lot of people that you, like you see their faces and like you just mentioned their names. I wouldn't know their names. Yeah. But you see them like, oh, he was in this show. Yeah. I remember him from here. Michael Bean, he was from the original Terminator. He 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 usually played like a military kind of role. Oh, he thing. was the Navy SEAL guy. Yeah. Yeah. He like was the actually lead, in the Navy leader SEALs. of the department. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. He always had that role, but he's always yeah. good. So let's get into the movie for a minute, right? Sounds good. So we talked about the plot, like you ran through the plot of this, right? So for me, the opening scene when they take the gas from the military complex. Yeah. I love a good military takeover. Like, oh, yeah. To me, like a well-executed scene, you know, something I can never do in real life because it's it's so coordinated. Like I have such respect <laughs> You can't for take over <laughs> a military weapons <laughs> compound, Mark? No, Jeez, no. Jeez, you're slacking. Not, I know, right? <laughs> but, it, but it's like, you know, when it's well-designed like that, it's great. And, and I look at, like, when I used to, when I was younger and I was playing my G.I. Joe guys, that was the basis for all my yeah. my moves. You know what I mean? I got the my, my five or six favorite guys, and they're they're taking over this base, yep. so they're doing what they're Crashing doing. Crashing through the window, yeah. smoke grenade, flashbang. Oh, yeah, killing everybody. Like, <laughs> yeah. I win. You know what I mean? And I, I love those scenes that do that. Like, those scenes get me every time. To watch them go in, and the other guys are doing their thing. They're, they're shooting people with darts. And then Ed Harris is just walking casually. Like, oh, yeah. I need 16 of these, Commander. Let's get them. Right, right away from the opening scene, I enjoyed it. You know, you see right away with him, too. Like, like you see what the chemicals can do. Like the v- Oh, yeah. The, the one guy gas. gets left behind and trapped and basically yeah. melts his face off. Immediately, you know, like, okay, this shit's bad. Yeah. Like, we don't want this. You know what I mean? But even still, then you see... Ed Harris at the funeral, he ends up talking to the grave. He ends up talking to his wife who yeah. has passed away. And he's like, hey, you know, don't watch me now or whatever. Yeah, you I know couldn't what I mean? do this while you were alive. And please don't think any less of me. And he, yeah. he leaves his, I think it was his Medal of Honor on, on her gravestone. Yeah. So, but you just see, you start to see, like, it doesn't, you don't get it right away. But you get to see, like, a taste for his character. It's a good character building moment. Yeah. Because... He's committed. He's like, you know, you see all the medals from being a general on his shirt or yeah. whatever. And it's full on Michael Bay. It's like it's a pouring rain monsoon. You yeah. got the 21 gun salute. <laughs> you got the music from Hans Zimmer going. It's like mm. it gets you right in immediately. Like, all right, this is serious. Let's go. That's true. That's very true. And we'll get to the music in a little bit, too. But I love Hans Zimmer as well. Like his his shit is on point. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so so good stuff there. But yeah, you get a feel for Ed Harris, which kind of swings it back later where, you know, he's he's not a terrorist per se. You know, he's just trying to get some things done. Yeah, and this- we'll discuss it. He's I've got some issues with his his methods and his motivation. Okay. But <laughs> yeah. OK, so, yeah, so it gets into gets into this. You know, you get introduced to. Nicholas Cage. He gets a Beatles album delivered to him. Yeah, like goofing off in his office. They're sitting around doing nothing. Get this whole yeah. mousetrap looking setup, yep. knocking dominoes down. But they get right into the comedy, right? So it's him and his partner, and they go into this uh, this tube where like this package gets open, right? And it's got the gas or whatever happens. Yeah. And he's he, there's gas going on. There's, the, there's a bomb about to go off, and he's under pressure and all this stuff. And then his partner's over here, supposedly his biochemist uh, sidekick, if yeah. you will. He's yelling at the guy to stick a needle in him. Like, he's not doing anything. Yeah. Like, help me out, bro. Like, we're in this tube together. We're yeah, trying the to gas lock, is eating. Do something. Sarin gas is eating through their <laughs> yeah. suit. And if they die, the C4 is going to go off, and it's going to blow the whole building and kill everybody. And this guy's crying about a needle. Oh, you want me to stick this? Like, yeah. It just, 
like it was good comic relief there, I guess. Poses the question where like is Nicolas Cage believable as a biochemist? <laughs> you know Hell yeah. I mean? You think so? Yeah, he's great. I mean, it's I don't see why not. He, he throughout the movie like he's kind of throwing out things that show he's he's intelligent, he's well read, but like yeah, like he's he's giving you all the technical details of like this gas and like and in that scene He's the smart one. The other guy's an idiot that kind of yeah. sets the thing off. And how are you goofing? Off? How do you have that job and you're goofing off? You're playing with the baby doll and like, what, what's the matter with you? Like, they right. think this is a terrorist package. Like, you think you might want to take it seriously? You just put everybody's lives in danger. Yeah. But Cage is the one who keeps a cool head. Like he doesn't he doesn't listen to the guys in the room as far as like injecting the needle. But uh, but he gets it done just in the nick of time. But yeah, I, I believe him. I love the bravery of the guys in the room too. Right? They're like. Hey, we got a minute, and this thing's gonna blow up. And then the one guy who's running the the dashboard or whatever, I right, trying to get the sprinklers to work. And he's like, "Hey, seal me in, seal me in." Yeah, you know what I mean. Instead of like, "Hey, best of luck, guys." You yeah. know, he goes, that's another guy too. <laughs> one of those scientists or whatever they are. He's uh, if you've seen Twenty Four, George Mason. Yeah, he's he, he's in a ton of things. That guy. It's okay. Like, even in the smallest roles, they put they put guys that you recognize. It's good casting. Them. Good casting. Yeah. You know. Yeah, but that was a great scene, a great first introduction. Like you see Cage, he's goofing off in the office, but then you see what he can do. Like when the pressure is on. Yeah. So okay. I thought that was Michael Bay knows how to introduce a character. Like we'll get to Connery's introduction later too. Yeah. Well, and Harris's was really set the tone for the character. Nicholas Cage's, you get like kind of that goofball energy but also like he's very intelligent he's cool under pressure so yeah i really enjoy that scene i think that um you know to get to get to back to ed harris too right so now after this scene is when they take over alcatraz right that's the whole premise of this is they take Mm -hmm. alcatraz over so you know i mentioned how ed harris kind of a soft heart type situation you know you don't notice it at first but he gets to this when he gets to the island and there's little kids there and he's like hey tell your teacher your stomach hurts you gotta leave you know what I mean? And they don't touch upon it again, but that little piece of scenery there just kind of shows what he's about. Like, like I'm not interested in putting kids in danger at this point. Like, you guys need to get out of here so we can get on with our business. Yeah, but, like, at the same time, he's going to blow up San Francisco, which presumably has a lot of children. <laughs> well, as you find out later, he was only ever bluffing. Like, I don't know, never- man. <laughs> that that rocket was over over the Raiders stadium there if he didn't type a couple <clears throat> keys out in the nick of time. it was That's true. That's he, true. He, he got real close to the edge. He was, cutting, he was cutting it close. But, you know, I think the idea of building his character in that sense where you're like, okay, like, he is a general in the military, right? So yeah. at some point... There's shades of gray. He's not just a full-blown the, villain. Like, yeah. you gotta you gotta empathize at least a little bit or yeah. understand where he's coming from. They take over the, the prison. They take over Alcatraz. And uh, so this is where they bring in... They're bringing in James Bond here. They're bringing in Mason... I love when you first see him. I love him with the long hair. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? He's been in prison for three decades. The hair is hanging down. He's, yep. he's looking down. And, yeah, they, they first introduce him with that scene where they're kind of trying to cut a deal with him. You just see everything he's about. Like, you, you can tell that he's extremely intelligent. Like, he's got nothing yeah. to do except read philosophy and history while he's, he's in prison. Yeah, he's he's reading The the Art of War. Uh, he has the complete work. This I, I looked this up. He looked at the complete works of Shakespeare. Yep, you can see that in his cell real briefly. Yep, and there's another book, uh, Great Contemporaries. I'm not sure what that one's about, but but it's in there. So, yeah, smart dude. Like, even when they first, they're coming down the hallway with the chains, and he's just lying there and his eyes open. Like, mm-hmm. now he knows, like, okay, when you're in solitary, I guess, right? Like, to get into, like, prison movie stuff, I don't want to be in one, right? Um, <laughs> we he, have uh, established <laughs> yes. He's, uh, 
you could go crazy being by yourself or you become kind of attuned to different things. Mm-hmm. And I think he went that way. Like he's like hyper attuned to like the sensories of things going on around him. Yeah. You know, as we quickly find out, he's still got it. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I love that whole scene when they first bring Nicholas Cage into interrogate him. Yes. Right. And he's fumbling over his words, like totally nervous. He has no idea know. what to say. He's like, well, well, I'm Stanley Goodspeed. Yeah. And exactly. Connery's like, well, but of course you of are. Of course you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty cool in that scene there. I just like how that, you just see that chemistry start to form a little bit. You know what I mean? And like in that scene, I'm watching them do that. I'm like, I'm, I'm excited for more of this kind of buddy cop moment. You yeah. Know what I mean, and we get, we get all of that, which is awesome. And it's so you know? good. Like you see the FBI guys are talking about like, how he's this unbelievable escape artist. You find out he escaped from Alcatraz. That's why they're contacting him in the first place. But mm-hmm. like, they make it clear that like he can get out of anything. And you see when Cage comes in, he's he's like, oh, it's a sign of good faith. Why don't you take the cuffs off? Or oh, yeah. I want to I want a suite at the Fairmont Hotel. And he's like doing everything he can to just kind of get a little edge over it, knowing who he can take advantage of. Yeah, and like he uh, William Forsythe's character, he drops the quarter, he scuffs it with his chair, and then he. Cuts a hole in the Brilliant. two-way glass. It's like, this guy's legit. <laughs> well, when you when you rewatch that, right? So the, that scene where he's cutting the glass, it's in the background, right? And if you don't know it's coming, like oh, if, yeah. you, if you start watching it, you see Mason get up and he's Slowly leaning against the glass. Yeah. He's chilling there because Nicolas Cage is talking to Womack and they're having the conversation. Yeah. And next thing you know, he's breaking it with a chair or whatever. And I'm like, oh, it's awesome. Yeah. You know, right away, like everything... Everything with Connery in this is, is is pretty gold, in my opinion. You know, and it starts off right from the beginning, which is great. You know, one thing I noticed too, if you, I don't know, if, do you um, have you do you ever shoot guns? Like, do you go to the range or anything like that? You know, uh, it's been shooter? a while. I've I've done it like three times in my life. That's about it. I'm not a big gun guy, but if you go to the gun place around the corner here, right? And I'm just sidetracking for a minute, but uh, you have to take a safety course before they allow yes. you to rent a gun or whatever, right? So one of the things that they tell you in there, and I. You don't put your finger on your trigger until you're ready to shoot. Yeah. Right? So when you watch a movie, um, and I pay attention to this now, when you see actors that run around with their finger on the trigger, like they didn't get Just the right safety ask course. Ask us to trouble. Yeah. yeah. So like you put it on the side, like you put it in the side of the gun until you're ready to shoot. You know, that's essentially your safety mm-hmm. for that matter, right? So in this movie, there's a couple scenes where people are running around with their fingers on the trigger. Okay. And it's just a little nitpick for me yeah, when I see I didn't that. Yeah, I notice that. You know, if you watch like a John Wick movie – that shit is 100%. That's on technically, point. yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and that comes down to maybe little details. Maybe Michael Bay needs a, you know, a, <laughs> a, a, a gun. I don't know if he, like, his latest movies do that or not, but it's just something I noticed. I think Nicolas Cage was running around with his finger on the trigger. And maybe that's part of his character because he doesn't know how to use a gun. Could be. You know yeah. what I mean? So maybe that was part of it. And then there's a scene later where, where Cage is like pursuing. Uh, Connery to like get him to come back and Connery's like oh you got the safety off and I don't think he even really did but like Cage just looks at the gun yeah and he turns and he practically stuffs it up his nose and he's like yeah. now he's got both guns <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next big action sequence is the the car scene yes. through San Francisco I've never been to San Francisco so the fact it's all hit like you see movies like well, all the hills and stuff I want to get out there and I got to check that out because I've been there just once I uh, went to a friend's wedding out in uh Napa Valley, so we flew in there and just spent like a day. But yeah, it's kind of the perfect setting for a car chase because it's so unique, the topography of it. Like it's, mm. it's these huge rises and falls and hills and windy, twisty streets, and you got the trolleys that comes into play on the car chase. Like love the trolley the, guy. This car chase, the oh, the guy in the trolley is <laughs> amazing. But uh, 
just in one scene, like Michael Bay is like, I am going to do everything I care about in one scene. I love this car chase so much. They yeah. dr- he blows through a water truck, a truck carrying like those big water bottles you'd have in like an office. Explosion of water everywhere. There's uh, power lines go down. There's sparks flying. There's cars rolling down the hill, like about to crush something. This car's flying through the air after an explosion, like. The, uh, Nicholas Cage drives through a storefront in like a plate glass window. That's right. That's it's right. Every single thing you could ever want from a car chase, he rolls all into this one. I love it. And this, what you see with Nicholas Cage too, is like he he starts feeling the weight of being in the FBI, <clears throat> like he like taking advantage of it. Like uh-huh. steals the Ferrari. Oh yeah, right, his, his kind of instinct kicks in. He's yeah. competitive. He's like, I'm gonna get this guy. I'm not gonna and let then, him beat me. And then when he crashes it, and the guy, the kid's like. Someone crushed your Ferrari. He's like, it's not mine. <laughs> and then like shoves him off and takes his motorcycle. That's another thing right? too. There's there's some great one liners throughout the the yeah. car chase too. That's some that's some Bruce Willis uh, one liner stuff going <laughs> yeah. on there. Well, I love the trolley guy, right? So he bumps the Humvee into the trolley. And it gets it off the track, and then the guy's like, save yourselves. Yeah. <laughs> People just jumping. rolling off of it. Yeah, yeah. And the thing ends up getting like blown sky high. He's like, oh my baby. But then at the end, too, like if you catch the end of it, like once it's stopped and it's crashed or whatever, that guy starts dropping some MFers. He's oh, like, yeah. I'm going to get that MFer. Yeah. MFU. Like, like it was just, it was a great little, I don't know. To me, I just thought that was kind of a cheap little comic relief for me. That, because, that's a Michael Bay thing. I feel like like Armageddon and all those movies, they got like these little characters that you only see them for a minute, but they're like really hilarious. Like they just give you, yeah. like usually they're getting. Some kind of horrible crap is happening to him. Well, it's like Bernie because... Mac in Transformers. Yeah, exactly. You know what that I mean? kind of thing. Yeah. So I, yeah, I love that piece. That's uh but anyway, so he goes through your like a little 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 convenience on some of the timing of that, like at the end of that scene, because so Connery's driving this car, who hasn't driven in thirty years, by the way. You could definitely have a lot of nitpicks, yeah. We yeah. get into that. <laughs> uh, and then you you know, the cell phone rings or the car phone, not even a cell phone. It rings. So suddenly now he's calling information, like he knows what information is. Did information exist 30 years ago in Britain? Yeah. You know what I mean? So he finds his daughter or whatever and then knows where to go to get her because there's no GPS at this yeah. point, right? So Somehow it, he's got it all figured yeah, out. Yeah, and the same with Nicolas Cage. Like, he's on the phone on a dirt bike and he ends up at the daughter's house before, just in time to see them, yeah. you know, but whatever. It's it's You need a little suspension of disbelief for yeah. most of everything in this movie, but... If you're willing to do that, <laughs> you'll yeah. have a good time. But it was good. So now you now you know what Connery's fighting for. You know what I mean? Yes. So you get to see, okay, he's got a daughter. This is what's going on. Bang. Now they're now they're getting ready to to overtake Alcatraz, right? And there was another line in here that I really liked. So as they're talking about the gas and how to get in there, and they're like, Oh, by the way, you're coming you're coming with us. And he's like, Well, I'm not a very good swimmer. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I can't yeah. do that. And yeah, his like, girlfriend actually says he's like she's not a he's not a very good swimmer. He can't even snorkel. <laughs> he can snorkel, right? So the best line in this part, and um, he goes, "Oh, have you ever been in a combat situation?" And he's like, "Well, define combat yeah. situation." And I wrote this down. He goes, "An incursion underwater to retake an impregnable fortress held by an elite team of U.S. Marines in possession of eighty-one hostages and fifteen guided rockets armed with VX, VX poison gas." <laughs> He's like, oh, in that case, uh, no, yeah. I've, I've not been in a combat situation. <laughs> and it's just like those little things, man. That's oh, it's great. It's just so great. Yeah. But uh, so then they're getting ready to go in, and this is another thing I noticed about this is that they got the whole SEAL team ready to go. Everybody's in full gear. Everyone's got the face makeup except Connery and Cage. Yeah. Right. They're just, they're just so there. this is I'm the star of the movie. You're not putting that shit on my face. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that comes down to, you know, which is great. 
Now this scene, tell me if I'm missing something. So they they kind of attack or they they try to kind of sneak their way into Alcatraz to try to stop uh, Ed Harris and his group. But I, I don't understand the logic of all this. Like they fly helicopters in there. They they make a big to do of saying like, oh, they're flying below radar now. It's like they're sitting on Alcatraz. They can see and hear everything coming from a million miles away. Like mm. you're not you're not sneaking in. I don't understand what the plan was there. Like how they thought that was going to go down, but obviously it didn't work out too well for them. But am I missing something? Or? I don't know if maybe they didn't know that Ed Harris had the satellite up and running. Like they set up a command center in there. You, you don't even need that though. Like he just, you just sit there, sit on a, a lawn chair and just watch him coming <laughs> up. Like it's just this little island. You're coming from across the water. That's and the, true. The island's what a mile and a half from yeah like all around you. You see everything right? coming. Yeah, they're not even these stealth choppers. You can hear them. Like I, I don't know what they would. <laughs> I don't know. Still love it, but yeah. so they get in there. They get underwater and they get through the scene. And then you start to see, you know, Mason as a, like, you see, like, why they brought him in. Yes. You know what I mean? With the incinerator. That's Rolling through there. the incinerator. Yeah. Wh- which is another thing. It's like, how do you know, like, it's the same timing as it was 30 years ago? It's a little bit of a stretch, but but it is pretty badass when it's like, all right, I got this. And he just rolls through you. And they got that cool camera view of seeing him roll, stop, doing the timing of it, rolling through. Yep. And then he opens the door and it's like, welcome to the rock. But, yeah. <laughs> it's like, all right, let's go. Great, great line right there, <laughs> yeah. you know, which I thought was cool. And then that leads to probably the first really intense scene in this movie um, when they when they sneak up through the showers uh, and that's you know and Ed they Harris trip the motion pretty, sensor they, yeah and, and Harris has all like the you know they're above them in the showers and they're yelling at each other this is really when you see Ed Harris like this is what makes his role in my opinion the best like this like I get goosebumps watching that scene when he's yelling at this guy and the guy's yelling back at yeah. him. You know, that's the Navy SEAL. Tell guy your man to lay down your weapons. I will not give that order. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> like I can watch that scene again. Like it's um it was just awesome. You know what I mean? Like I I love that kind of um I don't want to say intensity, right? But that's what it is to me. Yeah, it's and the tension like, of it, like you're just waiting for the first guy to pull the trigger and you know it's just gonna go bad the yeah. whole time. Yeah, I mean, then, then, then shit starts to happen, right? That's what the scene you were talking about with the gun. Oh, your safety's on. He's like, oh no, now he's got both guns. Yeah, well, everybody gets killed. We should say everybody except Connery and Cage get killed. They're kind of underground in the tunnel still. Yep. But then they, uh, Ed Harris and his team realize that someone's still alive because the guy that went up for some reason at the end just to kind of spray some bullets gets killed and is like kind of hanging down into the tunnel. They take his gun. And his walkie-talkie, and they realize that. So now they're in pursuit of Cage and Connery. Yep. And Connery was about to leave at this point. Yes. And that's when Cage is like, hey, by the way, there's gas. You yeah. Know, he's like, F this. I'm yeah. out of here. But I'm not dying like, oh, on this island. Right. He's like, oh, well, your daughter's here. So, you know, now now Connery's now vested into stopping the gas and saving his daughter or whatever. So, But I like how there's a lot of references from Mason in this movie. Like, he references, like, JFK a lot like Roswell, like they're always talking about what he knows, you know, yep. like that's why he was in prison to begin with. Right? Well, I've got the line here that Womack, the uh, John Spencer, his FBI character, he, you kind of, as the movie goes on, you learn a little more and more about why, who Connery is, why he's in prison, what happened. And he's like, this man knows our most intimate secrets from the last half century, the alien landing at Roswell, the truth about the JFK assassination. Mason's angry. He's lethal. He's a trained killer. And he is the only hope that we've got. I love it. <laughs> it's so good. What I like about this too is like this is like Michael Bay or whoever's writing 
you know anything about American history, right? The whole JFK conspiracy, right? There's mm-hmm. no magic bullet, right? So whatever you believe in. So there's definitely a conspiracy there somewhere. So yeah. when you have things like that thrown in there, I love the I love the references. Same with the Roswell with the aliens. Like, you know, that's a whole Independence Day thing. That's the whole premise of that yeah. movie, right? Um it's I like when I like when they add that in here because it adds mystique to yeah. what maybe you're already thinking about. Like these are just kind of fan theories or like human theories or whatever. But I love when movies toss that stuff in there. Because, yeah, definitely. Why the scope of it? And yeah. now, like, oh, Michael Bay thinks it too. Like, cool. Yeah. Like, how do I find more about this? You know, yeah. these are the things movies teach us. You know. Yeah, and you find out like like Mason has been held without a trial this whole time. Like, all his records have been expunged. Like, he's like the man that doesn't exist. Like, he's yeah. not supposed to even exist. Nobody, even uh, like the FBI guy, said, like, "Who is this guy? Like, how have I never heard of this guy? Yeah, I thought nobody's escaped from Alcatraz. So, like, yeah. he he's so." He's so uh, not revered is the wrong word, but like, like he's he's mythical almost, like what he did, and like so he's been erased because like nobody can know that someone was even capable of doing this. Yeah, just kind of adds to the mystique of him. I don't get how Womack's the one guy, <clears throat> essentially the two guys that know about him. Either who's the warden in that prison? Like, what's he doing? Like, I, I don't know. It's just there's a whole background there that that <laughs> yeah. could be something. You know what I mean? But anyway, so he goes through. You know, all the fights ensue. Like, this is where the action takes place because now they're hunting them down for, you know, 20 minutes of the movie or whatever. And they're, you know, Connery's getting some pretty creative kills. We'll oh, say, yeah, the kill scenes are great. You know, you know, but they're disarming these these rockets, essentially. Right? Now, they're not taking the rockets because they're just taking the chip. The chip, yeah. So the, the gas is still sitting in the same location, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, that's something I guess they don't have to touch upon. It's just so they can't shoot them. But anyway, so they get through that. Basically, to skip to kind of towards the end, you know what I mean? Because like, like I said, it's a lot of, a lot of overlap go through. Like they're, they're fighting people, they're killing people. The whole plan blows up. <clears throat> what I like about this a lot is the two, like the buddy cop aspect of this. Like this is when you really see these, the banter between these oh, two. Oh yeah. You know, Connery's given, you know, military, like the thumbs up and the different the kind of combat techniques. Yeah. And Nicholas Cage has no idea about anything because no. he's a, he's an office rat. You yeah. know what I mean? But they need each other. Like they save each other throughout the course of this where all these military guys are trying to chase him down and like cage finally fires the gun on the mine carts that it turns into donkey Kong country for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why there's a mine carts <laughs> on Alcatraz. Pretty sure that's not real, but I don't know. Um, but yeah, you, you really see the interplay between the two of them. And, and like, again, they got the one liners, they got these cool kills. Sean Connery lights a guy on fire, strangles a guy with a chain, there's all kinds of crazy, like, th- nobody just kind of gets shot and dies. It's like every every death is an event in this movie. The, my favorite one is probably when they drops the big air conditioner on the guy's face. Oh, geez, yeah. Yeah, and then, and then his, his foot is twitching. He's like, is that normal? Is that normal? Oh, the foot thing? He's, he's like, what do you want me to kill him again? <laughs> like, just a lot of little things in there that are that are just awesome. The one The scene that I liked a lot at the end was, you know, when Nicolas Cage comes out, he's got the flares you know, oh there's, yeah! There's a great shot of like him holding the flares up. As, yeah, like, down on his knees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They fly under the Golden Gate Bridge and then fly. And like, of course, the guy lets the missile go. Like right as they're saying abort mission and mm. kind of goes off course. Cage goes flying through the air with giant fire explosion. It's just so good. <laughs> it was a good. Yeah, it was a good good sequence there. Like good um, cinematography, if you will. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. But that's basically the plot of the movie. Like as we ran through a lot of that stuff, like I said it's it's a lot of action, a lot of. A lot of everything going on in there. You know, I don't think we need to break down every single scene because, you know, we could. But Yeah, we should mention, though, like we, we mentioned about Harris um, Hummel, his character. 
like like you mentioned about telling the kids to get off the island like you can see like that side of him and you see he kind of doesn't have the stomach for it like they fire a rocket because the FBI is not meeting their demands about getting this money together to pay all these military families that were left behind um so he kind of alters the course of the rocket and just crashes it in the water uh harmlessly or I guess it probably wouldn't be in the end but better than crashing into <laughs> right. the football stadium uh, but then you see his team turn on him, and you see, like, these guys, these mercenaries are, like, they're no joke. Like, they don't care that he's this decorated general. Like, they're going to try to take him down because they were promised a million dollars. Yeah, they, they want their money. Yep. And, and they've kind of got this bloodlust, too. Like, they want to fire the rockets. They they don't want anybody calling their – like, it wasn't a bluff to them. So that when Harris says, like, they call their bluff, it's over. They're like, no, no, no. Who said anything about a bluff? What was their plan to get off the island? Like, was there a helicopter still there? Harris said something early about, like, uh, when he's saying about, like, how they'll be deemed traitors for this and they're, they're going to get a million dollars, but they can never return to their country again. And it said something about they'll, they'll leave here under the cover of, like, hostages and helicopters and something like that. It wasn't totally clear how they were fully going to get away. But, yeah, he, he had some mm. kind of plan to extract them. But, I yeah, feel like again, it should have been, like, some boats loose. or something or, like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know how you get out of there. I don't remember seeing a helicopter. Well, no, well, they came in on two helicopters. Maybe yeah. they maybe they were on the island somewhere. They yeah, just they, didn't they, that's how them. they got there in the first place. Okay, but that's what I was curious about too. Is how like you you're doing this plan? Like I don't know. Like you want to think that they'll just blow up Alcatraz rather than letting you blow up a city? Yeah, it's <clears throat> it's know? not a uh, the most well thought through plan. Like like Hummel. I'm not sure what he was thinking. Like he's one of the most legendary decorated military men. Ever he was in Vietnam, he served overseas. He's they they rattle off his list of accolades. He's got multiple silver stars, purple hearts, Congressional Medal of Honor, and like I get it, he feels wronged, and that these these military uh, guys that served under him, what was it like eighty one or eighty three guys were killed, and then were basically disavowed. Their families got no benefits. They didn't even yep. get a a burial. So I understand the anger of that, but I don't know how you make the leap from that. To okay, we're gonna take hostages and we are gonna uh, threaten to shoot these chemical guests, like kind of the worst death somebody could have, as we saw from the guy that got left behind in the military weapons yeah. depot. Like that's your response is you're gonna kill all these people just to express your anger for how your men were wrong. Yeah, yeah, it, do- it doesn't make a whole <laughs> lot of sense, even though Ed Harris like plays it to the hilt. He's so good, like you you get it, but. Yeah, it's it's a little little tough to make that leap for me. So let's get into uh, let's get into some of the categories then. So do you think that there were any um, unanswered questions uh, in this? Like, bes- I mean, I guess besides what we just said, I guess we just talked about a little bit of them. Like you know, the helicopters, how how they getting off the island? What was their escape plan there? Um, yeah, a lot of nitpicks to be had. Like I mentioned about like how the the SEAL team or whatever got on the island and how they thought that was going to work, like being undetected. Um, lots of leaps of logic in this movie. As far as unanswered questions, like, I guess just maybe wondering what happened after the fact, like, what, like Cage and, uh, Goodspeed and Carla, uh, they get married. You see them at the end. They've got the cans on the back of the car. You know, they got married, but they had a baby. Had that all go? I mean, I also kind of want to know just like from a scientific perspective, the, the rocket that went into the water. Can't be too good for the ecosystem there. I don't know what happened well, there. Well, so like, they're in glass balls, right? So what happens if a fish eats one or like once well, it Well, I got to imagine it broke and exploded like when a, a high-speed rocket hit the water. 
Right. So yeah, was it just like a does, little does water oceanic Chernobyl there for a yeah. while? I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe don't swim in the San Francisco yeah, no, Bay. Yeah, no, you don't want to go there. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. Yeah, besides some of the nitpicks that we talked about, I didn't have any like outstanding questions. You know, like it's not it's not a deep thinking type movie. No, it's, this is know, definitely one of those turn your brain off, get the popcorn, and yeah. enjoy yourself movies. Yeah, and I definitely did. <clears throat> some specific stuff I had though. So I, I guess it makes sense when we talk about like Ed Harris's character. When they find out this, they find out this two two rats in the cellar, so to speak, right? So that all him and his men are tracking down Connery and Cage, and they're trying to kill him, and then you know it backfires on them. So you finally catch them, and you don't kill them. Why do you just lock them in? Yeah, the you cell? put them in a cell, and, like, and this guy who is in like a different the cell, escape artist. Yeah, in a different cell than where all the other hostages are. It's not like you just stick them in the same cell. Yeah, you know what I mean. You stick and them then in you a leave them. Cell. Nobody's supervising them or anything. So right. Connery just. Makes this whole rope out of bed sheets and swings it. It's pretty cool to see yeah. his ability in action again. But yeah, I, I don't understand how you just leave him like that. Yeah, and that's a typical like villain move, right? So, oh, you're the hero of the movie. We can't. It's kill like you. a James Bond move. Like you're gonna you're gonna just explain your whole plan. Get a monologue. And lower you into shark infested waters rather than just shoot you. Like, <laughs> right. like Austin Powers riffed on how ridiculous that is. Yeah. They're kind of doing the same thing here. Yeah, so that definitely some of that going on. And that's kind of a 90s movie trope, if you will. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you see a lot of that. It, not just 90s movies. That's probably all movies. Those are some of the nitpicks that, that I had, I think, was just like, uh, like, no. Nah. Like, if you're if he was truly a villain, which we find out that he's not, but if he was truly a villain, you'd think one of his guys would shoot him. Yeah. You know? And like, knowing what we know about them as the movie goes on, it's like, they're they're happy to pull the trigger. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. would have definitely said, I'll take pleasure in gutting you, boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, something like that. I think that they wouldn't hesitate to. At say. least leave someone there to guard them. Like, don't just leave them alone to just figure out a way out. Yeah. I, I know. They might have killed all the guards, though. They might have wiped out about a dozen of his men. So That's true. Maybe they there did. was no one left to guard them. <laughs> you know, everyone else is guarding the rockets, you know. So, we talked about actors that peaked in this movie. I mean, Ed Harris, hands down for me, his best role. Um, this one, yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I don't, I can't think of another movie where Ed Harris was better than he, what he was he, in this movie. He, he's pretty perfect for this role, yeah, yeah. Like he's he's good in other movies, but this, I think he was meant like this was a good role for him. I, I liked, like I said, that the scene when the, the the intense scene in the in the shower or bathroom scene or whatever to me that sold it. Yeah, the you know? way, yeah, his his whole delivery of like just. He feels like a military guy, like the way he just kind of shouts in the staccato way yeah. of his voice and everything. Like he, yeah, he's even got given it. demands on the phone when he's talking to the CIA, yeah. or FBI, Hummel out, Hummel out, <laughs> from Alcatraz. You know, like it's just very direct. And maybe that's how they talk in the military. I don't know. Like he delivers that. Yeah, you know, like that was believable for me. And I was like, you know what, I'm in. What were you thinking about a little when you saw a Top Gun Maverick and he had that role? Like he was the, obviously not a not the villain he was in this like he was just a minor villain like trying to yeah. hold tom cruise down a little bit but I, it reminded me of it a little you bit. see ed harris in a military uniform you're thinking back to the rock yeah i, I mean <laughs> th this is his role for me you know this even even if i watch the firm i'm like oh yeah this is this was his job before he became a general yeah. <laughs> you know, or something right so it all it all ties together you know what about for you do you think anyone he peaked in this at all i guess you got to talk about cage and connery like it's not the peak of their careers but as far as for me yeah, this is the beginning of Cage's action run. So this is like Pete Cage for me. He's got this and Con Air. Yeah, okay. National Treasure, a little bit different, but still kind of same vibe. So yeah, this is about as as much as I like Cage is in this movie. Um, Connery, I, I'm I've 
there's a lot of his older movies I haven't seen, but like we said, he's got that kind of silver fox image in our minds, and this is this is kind of right there for me. Like uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade is a great role. He's a little more bookish and like like he he's not he's not dangerous in that, even though like he's resourceful. So I I kind of picture him like. He gets the haircut in this. After he gets out, you see him with the long, straggly hair. He gets the haircut, and it's like, oh, you can see the James Bond in him. Like, he's a debonair yeah. dude, even though he's 50, 60, however old he is. Like, he's still got it. So, yeah, this is a pretty top role for me, for him. Yeah, this is the movie I think about when I think of Sean Connery. Yeah. You know, I don't. I, I can't say for sure that it was his best role as an actor. Because yeah. Because I haven't seen his 100 movies or whatever. But for uh, us, that we, we love these kinds of movies. Like, the, yeah. Yeah. This is it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Without it, without a doubt, this was the one that I think of when I think of him, and I'm like, okay, this was. If I'm thinking Connery, like this is the movie I'm putting on. This yeah, or and Indiana it's got Jones, the action yeah. and stuff like like he had from James Bond and all, but like I, I like the whole aspect of like he's just a very intelligent, like you said, he's got the art of war, he's got Shakespeare's complete works. Like I like that marriage of being able to get it done, even though he's been in the hole for thirty years, he can roll through the incinerator, he can he can win a firefight, he can like figure out a way to sneak up on the guys like he's just very resourceful very intelligent yeah uh, he, it's a great character yeah and he plays him perfectly so for this here do you think this was um have you watched a lot of alcatraz movies uh jeez i saw i saw escape from alcatraz a long long time ago i'd, I'd need clint to rewatch with clint eastwood yeah yeah so that's oh. actually based on a true story i was looking that up I saw that a long time ago as well. I couldn't remember anything about it, so I'm going to rewatch it. Yeah. It's from 79, I think. That sounds about right. And uh, so that's – I started looking up if anyone had actually escaped from Alcatraz. And that's a, that is about uh, Frank Morris. That's who Clint Eastwood plays in that movie. And he allegedly did escape from Alcatraz, him and those two brothers. And that's who he plays in an Escape from Alcatraz movie. And I think uh, it's been so long, but I think that movie kind of plays it ambiguous. Like they get out, but you don't know like if they made it swimming across the bay. Well, because you don't know. Like that's yeah. that. I think they're still on the FBI's most wanted list. Yeah, because they never found them. Like there was no stolen cars. There was and I mean no... that's kind of where Mason's character comes from. It's like okay, somebody did escape, but nobody knows about it because they need to keep it under wraps. Like we we destroyed his file. But you, yeah, you, you don't want the public knowing that <laughs> yeah. somebody escaped this impenetrable prison, right? But yeah, I was looking up the different Alcatraz movies, and there's there's shows and stuff that take place in Alcatraz, but nothing, you know, nothing recent anyway. This is probably more of the recent ones because like, it's a shut down prison at this point. Yeah. So I think any movie you find is going to be in that Escape from Alcatraz era. Yeah. I mean, where, where it was actually movies. used as a prison. Yeah. Yeah, because it was still a, a famous prison at that. Yeah, point. Yeah, and there, there's know? a bunch of them, but I, to be honest, I haven't seen. Them. I know Papillon is one of the great movies of all time. Supposedly that takes place on there. There's a bunch of them. There's a, yeah, there's a, there's definitely a, like if you just Google Alcatraz movies, like there's, yeah, 20 but for or us, something for shows our era, and, th- this is the one here. I, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. This is where you get the most juice out of it, you know? It's a great title. Just The Rock. I know we get in, maybe we'll do that now. If there's a better title, like The Rock, Welcome to The Rock. Like it's yeah. just perfect. There's not a better title, in my yeah. opinion. I, <laughs> no. I, I think that that was perfect. Uh, years ago, I lived up, up north. I worked at an outback up there. And each Outback at the time was owned by a different person. This was probably, yeah, it was late 90s. So it was after this movie came out. But the owner, his name is Jay, uh, he actually dubbed that out, Outback The Rock. So <laughs> uh, so the Outback has a, like it's an Australian theme. Were they storing VX nerve gas yeah. in the refrigerator? Not to my knowledge. <laughs> not to my knowledge. But he, I, I don't know if he liked the movie. I'm not sure how the premise started, right? 
the thing with Outback, what we used to do back in the day, and I don't know if they still do this, but every store like made their own pins. Right, so like, like you have flair on your pieces shirts. of flair. We flare. were going off. Yeah, space yeah, now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We had flair. So the cool thing you do is like you get these pins, and if you go to another outback or other people would come work at your store, they sometimes they'd bring pins and you trade. Say, cool. Hey, okay. Give me this. I'll take one of yours. So he had designed this pin, and it was like a kangaroo because it was an, it was a you know, but it said the rock on it. You know? Awesome. And it didn't say like, oh, this was Outback in Tingsboro. It just said The Rock with yeah. the kangaroo like punching awesome. or whatever. So it was just a cool feel. You still have it? I don't. I oh, don't. Man. I wish yeah, I did. Yeah, a while back. Uh, but I had a bunch of pins from other stores and stuff because I got to travel and, you know, whatever. But I think of that too because he was um, he was always like, oh, you're at The Rock. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he was so proud of what he was doing. Like he was kind of goofy about it. But it was awesome. You know what yeah. I mean? You know, anyone who didn't see this movie you wouldn't know. Like you wouldn't get it. But – the Rock was like this. Everybody saw this movie. Everybody. Well, got that's it. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But uh, but it just it makes me think of that a lot. It's just a weird reference that I like it. No one cares about but me. But but it was good. Yeah. <laughs> so it's cool. Yeah. What's your favorite like scene or sequence in this in this movie? Well, Michael Bay movies are all about the scenes. Like it, there's usually not like like we've talked about other movies like The Shawshank Redemption or something that's got like this long overarching, powerfully written story. The, Michael Bay movies are always like set pieces. It's like now is the car chase. Now is the minecart scene. Now is the the laundry room shootout. Like it's just all these collection of set pieces. So, like they all stand out. I love the car chase. Uh, we mentioned that. I, I didn't even mention everything that happened. That he like hits the parking meters and the change goes flying up in the air. That scene's just perfect for me. Um, I also like all the kills in it. We mentioned some of them. Uh, for me, my favorite one is when he puts the little pearl of vx gas in the the guy's mouth and punches him in the face and it kind of explodes and then that's right before the flares he's got to like stick himself with that atropine needle so all the kills are amazing but i don't know maybe when you first meet connery might be the best one like you see him with the long hair you see what he's all about how good he is at escaping and how intelligent he is he busts through the window all the chains right like he's some like hannibal you know yeah yeah i i think his introduction and we talked about the introduction of ed harris's character of nicholas cage character like Michael Bay knows how to introduce you to someone and like immediately get you on the page of like, okay, this is who this guy is and what he's capable of and what he's all about. But I think Connery's Mason scene uh, where you first meet him is probably the best. Okay. What about you? I liked when they escaped from the cells, like I said, how they kept them alive. And so they're in two different things. Like the whole, the whole sequence where one Nicholas Cage is lying on the ground and he's like, I look forward to gutting you. Yeah, Who talks saying. like that, you know? <laughs> but then he's like, okay, Mason, uh, I see. So you you swam through the tunnel as you climb under this, but how in Zeus's butthole did you <laughs> yeah. get out of your cell? And then all of a sudden the Kate, the door opens, and he's like, trade secrets. You yeah, know? And that, he's that's, like, what? that's the Nicolas Cage line delivery. He's like, yeah. just the, the emphasis on certain things and the way he says different things. He's got the other one. He's like, when he's first trying to get Connery to, to come along, like, what do you say? We cut the chit chat a hole. <laughs> <laughs> I had that as one of my favorite quotes, actually. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, and, and I, I like it. how it's like, like he. I don't know if he ever even curses in this movie. Like he'll no, say he things like a hole, things like that. That's his whole. Uh, that's his whole shtick he made with Michael Bay was he's he wasn't going to swear. Yeah, you know, but it there's enough f bombs so throughout weird, this but, movie. None of oh, them yeah. cage. Well, that was my favorite scene, getting out of the cell. You know, as you as we're talking about like quotes, I mean that that was one of my favorites. Yeah, I, I like when you first uh, see uh, Goodspeed uh, with Carla, where he's saying, um, he's like, it's so, the, the world's being FedExed to hell right now, like because they got the bomb mailed to him. So he, he tells her he's got 
some uh, some news for her. She's got some news for him. She's like, oh, why don't you go first? And he's like, uh, yeah, you know, some terrorists sent a care package with a box of goodies. Had to be neutralized before it blew up the office. And he's playing the guitar. He's sitting there naked playing the guitar, by the way. Yeah. First time you see him at home. And he just, like, hits this, like, gnarly chord. like, Durr! Like, it's just so so offbeat. Cage is so good. Everybody just is so good in this movie. Just the... Like, I can't picture anybody else playing any of those roles. Cage... Well, because he's, he's nonchalantly being like, oh, I had to defuse the bomb yeah, today. Yeah, terrorists sent this. some sarin gas. An interesting day, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, and, and then he's like, I, what does he say? Something like... Uh, why would anyone like bring a kid br- into this bringing world? Bringing a child into this world <laughs> yeah. is an act of cruelty. He's like, and what did you have to tell me? And of course, it's like, oh, I'm pregnant. And he's, yep. like, he's like, wait, what? And she's like, well, do you mean what you said? That uh, bringing a child into this world is an act of cruelty? He's like, well, I meant it when I said it. She's like, Stanley, that was like was seven, seven seconds, seconds ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep, He's I like, well, it. kind of a lot has changed since then. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. I like um, another line I like from him, you know, when the air conditioner first falls on the guy's face, you know, and he's like, <laughs> well, that's just about the most awful thing I've ever yeah. seen. <laughs> like, again, just so casually when he delivers these lines. Yeah. You're just like, because you, you, what would you do if that's you? Like, if you suddenly you're seeing this for yeah, the first time. Yeah, he's not time, used to seeing And you're like, holy like shit. Like, you just crushed the guy's face with a, yeah. you know. Yeah, he's got the line when he, he kills Tony Todd. He's like, are you a fan of the Elton John song, Rocket Man? <laughs> he's yeah, like, yeah. I don't listen to that soft ass shit. He's like, well, it's you. You're the rocket man. He hits the button. It's like so cheesy, but it's so good. The rocket blasts him out. Yep. And, yep. and actually, I, I, I've seen this movie probably more than 15, 20 times. But I, I never really realized it. The first scene... When he's with Carla early in the movie and they're kind of having sex in the chair, Rocket Man is playing. Then oh, really? I never realized that. And, and when I watched it again this week, I was like, "Oh my god, they're playing Rocket Man!" And then he comes back to that later on. I so, thought that was a cool little tie. So as we're talking about the music and stuff in the third act, this is I guess the disappointment I had in this was the opening scene with Nicolas Cage is he gets this Beatles album, right? So he's like, yep. "Oh, it's you know, it sounds six hundred dollar Beatles LP." Yeah. So what I would have hoped for in this movie. And they did it with the Elton John Rocketman song. Like, like, why not make Beatle references throughout the movie? Yeah. You know, I thought that's a missed opportunity with the Yeah, writing, they just kind of you know. did it once and then let it go. Or if they had the album be an Elton John, oh, this is his first debut album or whatever, something with Rocketman on yeah, it. Yeah, that would have been co- cool. You know, like you can't do like um, – I don't. I don't know a lot. Yeah, of it's Beatles like first songs. print of Goodbye Yellow Brick Road or whatever. Something the album like that. Is. Yeah. yeah, I thought that would have been a better tie-in. You know, it's yeah. minor details that I'm just nitpicking. Yeah, some, but with like the finger on the trigger, like like yeah. you tie that together, it becomes a little more brilliant of, of a writing. And job. when you watch a movie as many times as we've watched this movie, like you get into the weeds a little bit. Like yeah. the first time you watch yeah. it, you may be not noticing the finger on the trigger or that they didn't really go anywhere with the Beatles singer. Any of the number of nitpicks I've had. But like when you've watched it fifteen times, twenty times, like you know all the beats, you know everything that's gonna happen before it does. So you catch these little things. Like I noticed that they play Rocket Man early on and then it comes back to it later, whereas I hadn't the first fifteen times I watched it. So right. that's one of the cool things about these movies that you can keep coming back to again and again. You know, we talk because because it's Michael Bay, you know, there's a lot of action in here. So a little I bit. Di- I didn't think that just a smidge <laughs> of action. I didn't think there was any bathroom break scenes in this. There wasn't anything that I'm like, oh, you can you can skip this part and still get the movie. I mean, realistically, if it's on like TNT or whatever, you could go to the bathroom at any point. You know, especially if you've seen it, you know, a dozen times. It doesn't yeah. matter if you miss it. But if it's your first time watching it, like, there's not a point where you're like, oh, like this is a slow scene. Let me go here. Like, it's just entertaining all the way through. Yeah, you know I, what mean, I mean, it's a, it's a it's a quick fun ride for the whole movie. Yeah, when I rewatched it this week, I had it like I, I've got the. DVD I put into my 
PlayStation, and I've got the headphones on. It was late at night. I was watching it get the whole full audio experience. But when they are planning out the whole diving beneath the water to get to Alcatraz in the first place, when they're, that whole planning scene, I kind of I, I went into the kitchen and got myself a snack. I still had the headphones on. I got the wireless headphones, so I could still hear what was going on. But that you, there's not a lot of action then. Like it's just kind of building up to them okay. actually going there. So if anything, I guess I'd say that scene. They, like you can you can skip by that if you really need to, but yeah, th- this movie moves. Is that the scene with the quote though? When he's like, "Have you been in a combat situation?" Is that that scene there? It was right after that that I got up and went and got the uh, okay, yeah, went to the kitchen. But but yeah, that's the thing. Like even if there's not action, there's always these good one liners and and just weird things that Cage is doing and stuff moving, like moving the plot forward a little yeah. bit. Yeah, this is one of those keep your eyes glued to the screen kind of movies. What about the the music? I mean, I know we we both love Hans Zimmer. Oh man, it's so good! Like what, right from the beginning, the the whole twenty one gun salute, the the coffin draped in the American flag, and then they're they're busting into the military depot. Like it's so propulsive. Like it just gets you on the edge of your seat. It gets you ready for whatever action is about to take place. Yeah, it, it really fits the fits the energy of the movie. So you know what I noticed in this, having not seen this movie in a while, uh, Hans Zimmer also wrote. He did the score for Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. I I heard some similarities in some of this music. Yeah, there was a specifically in the car chase scene. There was just some of the beginning. I got a little Jack Sparrow coming out of me. The, there. the man's been working for a long time, so yeah, there's, there's yeah, a little yeah. Over, but yeah, you're right. I can, <laughs> but, I know the the main theme was like dun 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 dun. It's a little bit of that. Yeah, in the there's, of there's the a couple of that as they're coming down, and then he changes it. Like he didn't totally copy. I mean, it's his own music, right? He does whatever he wants. And that being said. I love the music in Pirates of the Caribbean, right? Yeah. So, so I'm okay if he reused it. I don't care. Yeah. But, but I caught some of that, and I'm like, oh, that's. And then I'm like, oh, that's Hans Zimmer. I'm like, oh, that's the same guy. I'm like, no wonder. Yeah. So at least it was the same dude and not someone kind of ripping off somebody. You know what I mean? But yeah, otherwise, yeah, I thought the music set the right amount of intensity. It had a good, like the like I said that the, the gas chamber scene at the beginning when the guy gets caught in there. Uh, this the 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 shower scene with that Harris that I kept talking about. Like the music leading up to that, like that. It, intensity like the it was awesome like it makes it I, i'm gonna have to try watching the movie with headphones on and probably get the full feel it's of good that. That yeah be, i highly recommend it <laughs> that might be a good move next time like just to say hey let me just get a feel for what's going on the music the music in this was perfect for a michael bay movie too it was great so yeah did you know that schwarzenegger did turn down the role of goodspeed i oh what oh he, my god yeah. i did not know that i yeah. can't picture that at all i don't remember what he was what working on at the time but um or why he turned it down but <sighs> Uh, I'm glad he did. That doesn't make any sense no, at all. No, you can't. He's not a chemist. You picture him as a biochemist. No, like, no, dude, not at all. Yeah, not that's at when all. they like they try uh, some of the casting things in Hollywood. I don't understand. It's like they'll, they'll do something like that, like sports, like being a biochemist and like a nerdy dork that's buying Beatles records, and that or they'll like they'll cast like one of the most beautiful women in the world, and she's like she's like this mousy like librarian or something. It's like, she, she's never going to be yeah, that. She's, no. she's married to the governor or something. Like, that what girl's you not working a day in her yeah. life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I can't, I, I love anything Schwarzenegger's in any action movie, but man, I can't picture that at all. That would be no. such a different movie. So another little nitpick I had on this, right. And we'll just roll into that. You have this gas, the most dangerous gas out there and sent whatever the population is, 80,000 or whatever the, you know, millions or yeah. whatever. Right. And you bring in one biochemist, like you got one guy that knows about it. Like, how come not a team of scientists? Like, yeah. you should have a whole room full of, 
you know, when Armageddon happens, you're bringing in NASA. the whole drilling team. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like you got a group of people all putting their heads together, and you're putting all your eggs in this one dude. Like you, you, you got one escape criminal who knows how to get in and say, "I get that." No one else yeah. really knows it. Cool, but you got one biochemist. There's not anyone else who knows. <laughs> maybe a little bit le- like like maybe he's the one directing them, but you have another. Well, that's chemist. what he thought he was doing. He was just going to brief the guys on how to disarm, and they're like, "No, you're coming with us." But, but it's like that's the only, and he didn't brief yeah. them on it. So if anything happened to him, what it was about all anyone over. in the military base who got taken over? Like, is anyone there an expert to like keep track of that? Like, there's got to be like who invented it? Who there's got to be someone else? Like he, Case just studied it. There's yeah. other people out there. Like you think even if it was someone like some Russian scientist that they fly over or something. And even like him, that. he says he's never he's read about it. He studied it, but he's never actually dealt with it in right. person. Like there's got to be somebody that has like. Right. So this is the best guy you got? Again, nitpicking the plot for what it is, but that was one of the things. I was like, okay, like him as a biochemist, I said it from the beginning, I don't buy it, him as a biochemist. <laughs> I'm okay with it because the movie was entertaining for me, but I'm like, no. I, I Maybe I yeah. know too much about Nicholas Cage more. to be like, no, he's not spending his time. Well, that's what's tough you know. too. Like this movie is like almost 30 years old now, and we've got a lot of history with Cage and Connery and whoever that's – and Bay that's happened since then. So, like, when you watch it now, that kind of colors in how you see it. Like, whereas maybe yeah. when you watched it then, maybe it didn't because this was, like, his first big action role. Yeah. So, at that point, he's taking serious parts. Didn't he win the Oscar for leaving Las Vegas? So, like, he was a serious actor taking serious dramatic parts. And so, back then, I imagine I, I can't put myself back in my my 13-year-old shoes or whatever, but, like, or or not that I even would have been up on film history or whatever, but yeah. most adults watching the movie would probably be like, all right, this guy's a serious actor. I could see him as being an intellectual biochemist kind of role. Like, it probably made sense. But now you've seen everything that's happened since. Yep. Maybe it, it strains credulity a little bit. <laughs> a little off for me there, but you take it for what it is. It's entertaining. You know, we mentioned some of the other stuff where Nicolas Cage didn't swear throughout the entire movie. That was by design. Yeah, you know, cool. So he wanted to be that quirky character, you know, and he, and he nailed it, I think. Cause even Connery swears in it too. You know, oh yeah. Talking about the prom queen or whatever, like, oh, your best. Yeah. you know, so I thought that was pretty good. Um, I did do a little research on Alcatraz too. I was like, I didn't know much about it. I was trying to figure out some of the, the inmates that have been there. Like I, I like I went looking to see if anyone had ever escaped, you know, and that's yeah. where I stumbled upon some things and it became this rabbit hole of things. So I found a, there's a wiki out there and I, I can post the link in here if we want that just has all the different escape attempts. You know what I mean? The different history. Oh, wow. Of okay. Pretty interesting to see. Were there many? Y- yeah, but none of them really successful. The yeah. only successful one. Like if you read the story it's a good about, place for a prison. <laughs> I don't know how detailed the Clint Eastwood movie gets into it, but I read a quick little synopsis of, so Frank Morris and how they got out. There was an unguarded hallway in their cell, very similar to Shawshank where they had to dig through like a great, to climb through. Okay. They had a bunch of inmates give them raincoats. They had like 20 or 25 raincoats, which made a raft. So wow. they could get, yeah. You got to be resourceful to pull that's up That's what I mean. Like, like there, was a, there was a lot of planning going on. So I, I it makes me want to watch the movie now. I want to watch the Escape from Alcatraz movie yeah. to see how accurate that is or whatever. But yeah, there's just some cool stuff. So if you have a chance, like look that up. Like we don't have to get into all now, but look it up. Um, I can post some links to get anyone started <clears throat> and you could see about some of the famous people that were there. Like Al Capone was in Alcatraz for a while. He actually mm-hmm. had, I don't know if he died there or he was about to die. He had like a heart attack or something, but there's this article on, it's called the sinister six. And this is before the Spider-Man, Spider-Man. yeah, before <laughs> Spider-Man, 
but it has their uh, six most dangerous inmates that were there. And it gets into like what they did and different things. So Al Capone, okay. Machine Gun Kelly, these are guys that are all at Alcatraz back in like the 40s, 50s, 60s, whatever years. Not that Machine Gun Kelly, the, the other one. Not not the rapper or whatever's <laughs> out there. Yeah, the actual one where this guy stole his name yeah. from. You know what I mean? But yeah, basically that's it, man. That's uh, that's this movie in a in a nutshell, if you will. Well, can we bring up? Uh, we, sometimes we get into. I, I guess maybe I could have brought it up with unanswered questions, but one of the cool things I saw. Uh, kind of a theory on this movie. Some some guy on Reddit a while back made this whole very well researched and well thought out theory of that Mason Sean Connery's character is actually John, James Bond, like mm. his James Bond. And there's so many things that tie it in together. And a couple of the details are like just a little bit off. Like he mentions that he was uh, British intelligence, but he was he was in the army. But in James Bond, he was actually like a naval officer. And but there's so many things as far as the timeline of like. Sean Connery's Bond and like when when he finished one like when one movie ended like the timeline fit that he could have been incarcerated then and if you go on and read it just look for like Sean Connery the rock James Bond theory like it, it's a pretty deep rabbit hole you can go down nice but it's pretty cool <laughs> I I've I've heard it but I haven't dove deep enough into it and as I mentioned I'm not a Bond guy so I wouldn't know how to right. get the references but uh, but definitely if you're a Bond person you know check that out let us know what you think, you know. Cool, man. Well, I think we both agree this movie is awesome. Love this movie. Yes. Had a good time. Had so much fun rewatching it and, and fun talking about it as well just to kind of go through. And as I find some of this research, I love I love diving into some of the, the silly and stupid quirks of this yeah. movie, which is, which is great and it's fun for me. So, Terrence, awesome. Thanks, thanks again as usual. As um, always. Thank you, Mark. So this is a good time. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll catch you next time.